This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to part three of today's Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z, September 28th, 2023. When I was four years old, I thought my older cousin who was 10 was old. I thought my mom, who was in her late 20s, was old. I thought my grandmother, who was in her 50s, was really old. I thought my great-grandmother, who was in her early 80s, was ancient. As we age, we start to see the people older than us as maybe not so old. But still, at age 60, I'm finding that people who are 80, 90 years old, just look old. They act old. They shuffle when they walk, they limp, they creak, they moan, they groan. And that's part of the aging process. Imagine if no one ever grew so old that they died. If no one ever died, how completely overcrowded our planet would be. It would be literally impossible to survive on planet Earth. Death is a part of life. And retirement is a part of the aging process. You have to know when to quit. So, Stevie boy, why are we bringing this up today? Well, because someone I met this morning who was 79 years old said, old age is hell. He was an older man, very elderly looking, obviously lived a rough and tumble, a hard life. His hands, very old and calloused, filled with those age spots, those bruises up and down his arms. His face chiseled, scarred, as if he had had a really rough life. We just got to talking about something, and he said, old age is hell. And I advised him and reminded him that it's better than the alternative, right? For some, old age is more hell than it is for others. The Japanese people are famous for their undying respect for the elderly. Perhaps that's because the elderly in Japan actually earned that respect. In America, respect should be earned, not just given based on a person's age, based on a number. I'm often bashed and vilified, demonized and castigated by people who listen to this program because supposedly I don't show Mr. Joe Biden enough respect for the office of the presidency, etc. Make no mistake about it, my Truth Hurts program listeners, I give respect if it is earned. You likely have heard the term, you get what you give, right? Or if you show me respect, I'll show you respect. I always give respect when it is due, when it is earned. I have always and will always respect the office of the presidency of the United States. Even when that office is occupied by a bumbling, doddering old fool like Joe Biden. A man who does not deserve my respect, has not earned my respect, and therefore will not get my respect. The office may be worthy of respect, but the man in the office not necessarily always so. As I said at the onset of today's third edition of the Truth Hurts program, every man must know his limitations. Every man must know when it is time to retire, when it's time to quit, to throw in the towel, to go lay back on the recliner. Every man must accept the fact that at some point in time, the torch must be passed to the new kid on the block. For the new kid on the block is most certainly stronger, faster, better in many aspects. These are time-worn realities, but Joe Biden has long outlived any respect that he may have earned by those loyal to him early in his political career. Despite his constant 
continuous, compulsive, habitual lies. Despite his plagiarism, despite his open, overt racism that is ignored by the press, he's simply too old, my friends, too feeble, too mentally gone to serve as your president. This is a fact, not as Joe often states, it's not hyperbole. It's Joe Biden's reality, physical frailty, mental decline. It's a fact of life for everyone. Sure, there are some people out there blessed with great physical stamina into their late waning years. There are people out there blessed with stamina, balance, agility, control, and physical abilities into their 80s and even their 90s. Some carry their able-bodiedness even into age 100. Joe Biden is not one of those people. Some people have mental acuity and mental fitness and memory longevity well into their 80s and 90s. Joe Biden is not one of those people. It's no secret to you, to me, to America, to the world that Joe Biden is well past his prime. And now here in the year 2023, Joe Biden is well past his basic functioning capabilities, period. His most ardent supporters are acknowledging this fact, but the lapdoggies in his employment at the White House have been sworn to project that somehow this frail, feeble-minded, unable-bodied 80-year-old commander-in-cheat is some Olympic athlete. They spout lies that it's, quote, hard to keep up with Joe Biden on a daily basis, unquote. Those are lies. Joe Biden wakes late, does little, vacations often, hides in his basement, goes to bed early, and has been on vacation 40% of his time as president. Despite his continuous ability to simply walk on or off a stage, to climb a few steps, the White House press corps liars keep trying to convince somebody out there that Joe Biden is as fit as a fiddle. They're not convincing me. They may say he's as fit as a fiddle, but that fiddle just can't stay in tune anymore. Now Joe Biden is taking urgent steps to avoid any more falls, stumbles, after a series of embarrassing blunders, now even being shown by the lamestream leftist progressive liberal woke media. Ahead of next year's election, the U.S. president is said to now be taking more precautions, such as wearing tennis shoes, you know, those slip-ins, slip-ons. He's using the shorter stairs on Air Force One because he has managed to defy gravity on multiple occasions by actually tripping up a set of steps. The don't trip strategy that has been put in place was done so after a recent poll showed that more than 75% of Americans consider Joseph Robinette Biden too old to serve a second term in office. This polling data came directly from Axios. Biden is said to be meeting with a physical therapist, Drew Contreras, who worked with Barack Hussein Obama to help improve his balance. This is said to have been going on since 2021. Despite this, the media will lie to you and tell you that Gropy Joe is still fit to serve. Oh, how they lie and repeat the lies. 
Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Let's buzz through a few headlines today, September 28th, 2023. The Back Edge News reports, the numbers are not good. Biden's polls plummet as his former communications director reveals inside scoop amidst dire ratings. I won't go into it. We know Biden's numbers are in the toilet and are swirling downward like a poo with the handle pulled. Our next headline comes from the AP, the Associated Press. House Republicans are set to make their case for the Biden impeachment after the first hearing. Well, we all know Biden has actually done criminal things. His impeachment should be a slam dunk compared to the two lies perpetrated against Donald Trump in which Donald Trump was acquitted. The next headline from Fox News. Border Patrol seized enough fentanyl at our southern border to kill the entire United States population this fiscal year. And we know why. Because Joe Biden has basically told the cartels, come on in, send it on through. Drug mules, human trafficking, criminals, terrorists, it doesn't matter. He won't be around Joe Biden because of his age to see the results of his disastrous policies. CNN headline, House Republicans release more than 700 pages of internal IRS documents from whistleblowers in the Hunter Biden probe. We're gonna get into that one a little bit further, I do believe. Documents released Wednesday by House Republicans shed new light on how two Internal Revenue Service agents who investigated Hunter Biden felt like they hit roadblocks whenever Joe Biden's name came up in the criminal probe. We'll get into that one for sure. ABC News headline, American soldier Travis King is back in the U.S. months after crossing into North Korea. This guy is a traitor, period. Give him a dishonorable discharge, stick him in a gulag somewhere. End of story. The guy is a traitor. From Fox Business, the headline reads, White House refuses to reveal the taxpayer cost of Biden's newly created American Climate Corps. That's because the Biden administration has zero transparency when it comes to spending your tax money. From the they're eating their own file, the next headline out of the New York Post reads, Cory Booker keeping an eye on Biden. Is he going to doze off on me? Ryan King writes that Senator Cory Booker, the racist, the Democrat from New Jersey, admitted this week he's been closely monitoring President Biden as polls show growing consternation amongst voters about how the commander-in-chief's advanced age is concerning. On the Stephen A. Smith FanDuel podcast show, Booker said, Is he going to doze off on me? I'm sorry. I'm human. I want to see if this guy can roll with me. Our next headline from the Washington Examiner reads, Amid 17% inflation, Biden attacks Amazon for being too convenient. Since Biden began his presidency, overall prices are up 17%, including 20% increase in food prices, 63% increase in gasoline prices, a 71% increase in diesel prices, a 26% increase in the price to repair your car, a 21% increase in furniture. Oh, I could go on and on and on. So now President Biden has his eye on the prize and is laser focused on targeting who he blames as the real villain, Amazon? 
the Biden-controlled Federal Trade Commission, 16 Democratic state attorneys general, and one rhino Republican from Oklahoma have sued Amazon, claiming that the e-commerce company uses monopoly power to charge higher prices than its competitors. Newsflash clowns, everything I buy on Amazon is much cheaper than when I go to the store and buy it directly. You may not know this, but Amazon accounts for less than one third of all e-commerce. Walmart is right on their heels. Amazon sales grew by 5% last year. Walmart's share growing by nearly three times that amount, almost 15%. The simple statistics bear out the reality. It's laughable. Amazon is a price gouger? Not quite. Under the guise of antitrust, the president has to blame his inflation on someone other than himself. But you and I both know the truth. For Joe Biden, that truth hurts, or it would if he actually ever heard it. I'm going to break away from the headlines for just a minute because I just got some audio sent to me. Senator John Kennedy, the outspoken Louisiana Republican senator, stumped a Biden judicial nominee with some basic questions about our Constitution. Remember, federal judges are sworn to uphold and defend the United States Constitution. But here's Joe Biden's pick answering some very basic questions, or actually not answering, some very basic questions from John Kennedy about the Constitution. Hint, the guy couldn't handle it. John Kennedy said to this judicial nominee for a district federal judgeship, Tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Now, any first-year pre-law student, hell, anyone who has taken a high school civics class should know what Article 5 of the United States Constitution does. Here is the response from this Joe Biden nominee. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Well, don't worry. Maybe she had a temporary lapse in her memory of what Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution does. Now, in case you're wondering, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution describes the process of altering the Constitution. It consists of proposing an amendment or series of amendments and the subsequent ratification thereof. It's pretty simple, basic high school civics type stuff. But that's okay. This female nominee of Joe Biden doesn't know what Article 5 does. So let's give this woman another chance. Shall we give her another opportunity to redeem herself? John Kennedy, the U.S. Senator says. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Neither is Article 2. Of course, Article 2 spells out what the role of the President of the United States is and the powers that come with the executive branch of our government. So then John Kennedy, scratching his head in sheer amazement, asks this. Like, you don't know what purposivism is? Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general. Not starting out to be a very good answer. In my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Kennedy was questioning another Joe Biden appointed judicial hire candidate when he asked. How I analyze a Brady motion? Yes. Senator, in my uh, 
four and a half years on the bench, I don't believe I've had the occasion to uh, address a Brady uh, motion in my career. Do you know what a Brady motion is? Uh, Senator, uh, in my time on the bench, I've not had occasion to address that, and so uh, it's not coming to mind at the moment what a Brady motion is. Now, these two individuals were obvious quota hire picks by Biden to fill some diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. I'm not going to mention their names. I don't want to embarrass them any further. Both have since withdrawn their names, I understand, because, well, they're basically unqualified and inept. So we have that. Let me see what else we have here, my friends. Joe Biden refers to LL Cool J as that boy. Racism. Racism from your president. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the term boy. Mm. Now, this came from uh, your president, Joe Biden. He was... Uh, Delaware's finest. He was uh, talking about LL Cool J or LLJ Cool J, and this is what he said. The two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, <laughs> by the way... That boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's been. So we're asking 800 585 We're talking the term boy. He's just old, y'all. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like the term boy. It, well, I don't like the term either, and I feel like it hits different from white people. But he corrected himself right there on the spot. He did. Well, he corrected himself because he understands that boy is a white racist word. You right. know what I'm saying? That's really all it boils down to. And it's always been historically like that. Context matters. White people routinely would describe black men as boys to suggest they weren't on equal footing. Demeaning. That's all. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, this happened during and after slavery because black people weren't viewed as full-fledged people and they weren't viewed as mentally, physically, or spiritually on the level of white people. Like okay, well, there's enough of that. Biden called LLJ Cool J, LJJ, J Cool LL, because he can't figure out how to simply read two letters, LL, followed by a word, cool, followed by another letter, J, LL Cool J. And then he says, that boy got some arms, uh, uh, the, the man's got some arms. Biden knows he's a racist. He's always been a racist, bigoted, black hater. He even admitted on the campaign trail that he didn't want his white children going to school in a racial jungle in an inner city school where black kids went. Biden stood on the floor of the United States Senate and used the N-word over and over with a sneer, with a grin on his face when referring to the black mayor of New Orleans and the black police chief of New Orleans way back 30 years ago when he was a senator, when he introduced the 1994 crime bill, the single largest putter of black people into prisons in our nation's history. He wrote it, he authored it, he promoted it, he signed it. The 1994 crime bill, look it up. It put more black people in prison than any other action in the history of our nation. And he said throughout the decades that he was proud to do that. He was proud of putting all those black people in prison. And if they were criminals, they were criminals. He referred to black people as poor people and said that poor kids are just as bright as white kids. Racist statement. Last week, he went on stage and talked about how black kids and Latino kids, you know, the ones that don't have high school diplomas, 
He talks about them as if they are an inferior, subhuman group of individuals. But he gets away with it because he has a D for Democrat, for dumbass behind his name. Joe Biden getting away with the racism yet again. Can you imagine if Donald Trump had said, boy, hey boy, come here, boy. Biden and his closest allies are largely ignoring a black man named Cornell West, a third-party progressive challenger. Democrats are worried that Cornell West could have a possible adverse effect for the Democrats in the 2024 race. West is running against Biden as a Green Party candidate, criticizing Biden for failing to deliver on the sweeping leftist agenda Biden promised to deliver on when he ran against Donald Trump. We all knew it was a lie. Cornell West's candidacy comes amid signs in the polls that Biden is losing steam amongst demographics in the must-win category, like non-whites, like progressives, like independents. For many fearful Democrats, Cornell West's bid carries uncomfortable echoes of Jill Stein's third-party campaign in 2016, which drew blame after Donald Trump soundly defeated Hillary Rotten Clinton in a fair election that Clinton tried to blame on Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, the lies. The next headline is funny and telling. America Insider's Mike Fishmore pens, This poll hurts. Joe Biden learns what black voters think of him. While running for president in 2020, Joe Biden made the racist remark, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Polls are showing that black voters are simply fed up with the Biden administration as a whole. A recent poll by the Washington Post shows former President Donald Trump leading Biden by 10 points heading into the 2024 election. Nearly three quarters of Americans believe the economy is bad. The other 25% are stupid. Many have seen the failure that is Bidenomics for what it is. More and more Americans are taking notice of just how badly the economy is struggling with high interest rates, ever-increasing fuel prices, inflation for everything from food to fuel to housing costs and everything in between. And as these realities have impacted numerous families across the nation, black and Latino communities are finally beginning to see that Bidenomics is failing them and they're losing trust in the Biden administration. The Washington Post poll shows that black voter approval for Biden has dropped by 17 points since 2020. To make matters worse, Biden recently came under fire for trying to tie together black and Hispanic citizens with those who lack diplomas. Biden said, we've seen record lows on unemployment particularly, and I focus on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans, you know, the workers without high school diplomas. The lowest unemployment rate for women now. Really? So you're saying that blacks and Latinos don't have high school diplomas? Way to be a racist, Joe Biden. These comments have reminded many people of the statement that Joe Biden made before supposedly winning the 2020 election when he said, poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We have this notion somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and talented as white kids. Uh, 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 wealthy kids, uh, black kids, Asian, Asian kids. You remember that. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Wealthy kids, black kids, Asian kids. Not really mean, but think how we think about it. He might as well have whipped out his Ku Klux Klan hood and just put it right on top of his head at that moment in time. 
It's unbelievable the racism this guy gets away with. I just read another opinion editorial headline written this past week by Claire O'Hare. While mainstream media outlets are touting the alleged success of Bidenomics, the real data paints a starkly different picture, regardless of whether we're looking at what Americans are paying, what Americans are earning, or what Americans are not saving. The nonprofit group Media Research Center has compiled five charts which sum up the economic impact of Joe Biden's Bidenomics. Gasoline prices up 63%. Real wages for Americans have gone down 11.5%. Prices are skyrocketing three times faster under Biden. Mortgage rates are changing for the worse under Biden. The savings rates of Americans have collapsed under Biden. When Donald Trump left office after a year of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, gasoline prices were hovering somewhere around two bucks a gallon. But for the three years prior to the Fauci flu, Yes, I like that name, the Fauci flu. Gas prices were around $1.68 to $1.88 per gallon. Under Joe Biden, they went to well over $5 a gallon in June of 2022 and are now hovering just a few cents below $4 a gallon. They've more than doubled since Biden took office. The first 31 months of Joe Biden's term, gas prices have surged by a staggering 63%, according to data from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. The next ones are going to go quickly. Real wages have gone down. Median weekly real earnings. Joe Biden took office the first quarter of 2021. Real earnings were at $373 per week. Second quarter, $371. Third quarter, $367. Fourth quarter, $362. First quarter of 2022, they stayed the same at $362. Second quarter, $359 goes all the way down to the second quarter of this year at 365, all lower than when he took office. Prices are going up more than three times faster under Joe Biden. 48 months of the Donald Trump administration, two years worth, prices went up by 7.6%. Okay, so that's less than 4% a year. In just 31 months of Joe Biden's administration, prices have gone up by 16.6%. That is more than three times. The next chart, mortgage rates from 2017 through 2023. January 19th of 2017, Donald Trump took office. Mortgage interest rates were at 4.09% after coming off of eight years of Biden and Obama. When Donald Trump left office, Mortgage interest rates were down 32% to 2.77%. That's where Joe Biden came into office at 2.77%. And now on September of 2023, mortgage interest rates are up 157% to 7.12%. More than double the average rates that home buyers paid on the day Donald Trump left office. Under Donald Trump, the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage rate dropped by a third from 4.09 to 2.77. However, two and three-quarter years into Biden's disastrous Bidenomics, a raise of 157% in interest rates. And now many people cannot afford 
to purchase a home with a mortgage. 7.12% disgusting under Joe Biden. When Donald Trump took office February 1st of 2017, thereabouts, the U.S. savings rate was 7.2%. Because of eight years of Obama and Biden, people were only managing to average a 7.2% savings rate. When Donald Trump left office, the end of January of 2021, 86% increase in savings rates were realized by American citizens. The average American was saving 13.4% of their income. That's where it was when Joe Biden took office. But by July 1st of this year, it had fallen from 13.4% of your money going into your savings account down to a dismal, meager, ridiculously low 3.5%. For every $100 the average American earns, they're only able to put $3.50 into their savings account under Joe Biden. They were putting $13.40 into their savings account for every $100 earned while Donald Trump was your president. Under the Biden administration, we've seen rising gas prices, declining real wages, soaring consumer prices, inflation, increased mortgage rates, and a drop in the average savings rate. And yet people are still out there saying they'd rather vote for gropey Joe Biden. I guess they haven't looked at their savings account. What a mess. Hey, wow, we've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye for now. You are listening to Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.